friends, make sure that you grab uh, one of the new sheets this morning. You'll need that new sheet. You will want a Bible as well. So if you don't have one, there is a cart up here. You can grab one or you can use a digital version. That's just fine as well. This morning, we'll actually be getting into what is the fourth practice uh, that Pastor Comer talks about about slowing down, ultimately about slowing. Uh, But before we get there, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think backwards, uh, for those of us who were here last week, uh, to the the practice of simplicity, to the practice of simplicity. So, So the last two sessions we were talking about this kind of insatiable desire that humans have to accumulate more. And that we have, in many ways, we have a culture, certainly an economy, that is built on feeding those desires. And so Pastor Comer talks about the practices of Jesus that kind of push against those desires, and that is a practice of simplicity, right? The practice of purposefully limiting expenses, experiences, purchases for the sake of living freely, for the sake of living available and open not only to God but to people as well. And we talked about too a a life of generosity, a a life of of giving. So not as in only limiting the kinds of purchases or expenses that we have, right, paring down kind of life, it is also giving away what's in our hands. And so those kind of two-pronged approach, two-pronged remedy, really, for that insatiable desire for more. So what I'd like to do, just at the tables, right, as you think backwards on that practice of simplicity and generosity, again, I just want you to talk about at your table, what are you going to hold on to from that particular practice? What do you want to try to accomplish in your own home, in your own life? Like, what do you want to hang on to from the last couple of weeks? And we'll share that here in the big room in about three minutes, all right? So just at your table, just a little bit of a recap before we switch into slowing, all right? Three minutes, go. All right, let's just briefly... Let's just briefly chat about it. So what, as we think about simplicity, about the limiting of purchases, expenses, the accumulation of stuff, and pairing that then with generosity, like what, what are you holding on to? What, what do you want to just kind of keep a hold of as we step forward in faith? Yeah, Matt. project or um, something and then just taking this whole process and, and letting some of that stuff go mm-hmm. uh, with, with gratefulness so that it can free us and then also be a blessing to us. Yeah. So Matt's just saying right as a table talking about uh, just taking stock really of what, what's already in our hands, kind of all these things 
that we have and sort of giving that in a way that not only frees us up, but I heard you also say can be a blessing to others, right? Sort of simultaneously. It's great. What else? What else? Yeah, Lloyd. Mm. So I kind of thought that fit with today. Yeah. Brought up that really it's God's possessions that we give, and so they're inexhaustible. Yeah. So let's quote in the Psalms here. You know, the, those um, you'll be refreshed, right? When you refresh others, ultimately. When you give, there is a refreshment that comes to our own heart. And he's saying, and I love this, Lloyd, right, is that it's really God's possessions that we're giving away, right? not our own. In many ways, we're actually um, stewarding back the blessings of God to other people. It's great. Anything else from simplicity? Yeah, Tammy? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't use them, I Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tammy talking about, in particular, like family heirlooms, right? Those things that get passed down to you, right, from people before you, from generations uh, before you. In, in our home, Tammy. So this this strikes a particular chord, right? In our home, we have uh, what do we call it? A curio cabinet. You know what that is? Storage unit. Right? Dust, get, I do dust that thing a lot. You are right. Uh, but, but in a similar way, right, we, we've, we've been handed things from grandparents or great-grandparents, right, who, uh, some of whom came through the Great Depression, right, and because that's true, they hold on to those things with a different kind of meaning, right, or uh, grandparents or great-grandparents who emigrated, right, from Europe here, and when they came here, they had very little, so there, there is meaning in those things, for sure. And so many of the, uh, the dishes that we have, right, in that <laughs> curio cabinet, um, you know, they, they were used dishes in their day. Right? But now they're just stored dishes in ours. And it is a wrestle, right? I, I, think, that's, I think that that wrestle is a beautiful thing. Right? We've got to kind of wrestle with our own hearts. But I'm there, I'm, we're with you. Exactly with you. Larry, what did you have? Well, we were talking about the freedom of not having. Yeah. And, and it you know, comes down to what possesses you. Yeah. You know, because, because I know that several of us here have downsized severely. Yeah. And it's like, yes, <laughs> victory lap around because we don't, it, it's like, this thing is there, and it's like, what are we going to do with it? Now we don't have it, and we are free from that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so for many of you at the table, just talking about the, the freedom that has come already for you in having to downsize, right? Or getting to downsize, maybe. 
That sort of beautiful freedom that way. Yeah, that's fun. What else? Mm-hmm. How busy I am. Yeah. So what do I, what of, of those events or projects do I get let go of? Yeah. And which ones do I keep? Yeah. Yeah, so Karen's just talking about it's, it's, for her, it's not so much about simplifying the things, right, the possessions uh, that are in her home, but rather how do I simplify uh, my time and activities, and how do I choose uh, which things I get rid of and which things I hang on to? It's a great question. Yeah. I think I have some answers for you here in a little bit. Well, I think we talked, rather than talk about any one thing about giving up or whatever, it was um, in effect, based on what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in church. Yeah. Uh, Timely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the Maslow hierarchy of needs starts going up. Mm-hmm. You've been that way all your life. So you have the basic stuff. Yeah. And that's what human nature says, I got that, what we've been talking about. Yeah. You, you know, Ron, it reminds me... Um, what you said reminds me of a scripture from St. Paul where he talks about uh, you know, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? He says, do not be conformed to the world, right? but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, and what struck me is you know, we, <clears throat> we're, we as people are discipled no matter what. Right? Lots of us, me included, get discipled by the world. Right, we get discipled by our culture. Right? The culture forms us and shapes us. And sometimes the way that the culture forms us and shapes us stands against the way that Christ in his word would form and shape us. So Paul is saying, like, no, we, we have to come back again to the word, which is eternal, right? the word which is living, the word which is Jesus. Right? We have to come back to that and let him do all the transformation. We have to let him shape, right? we have to let him disciple our hearts, mold us and shape us in faith to the things that you're talking about. Right? And it just, we just live in this tension. You're talking about the basics, for example. We have them, but then we slowly kind of add to them. Aaron and I have been talking in our home. Like we, uh, we, we have a ranch-style home with a finished basement. Uh, we basically do nothing in the basement. We essentially live on the first floor. Right? And on the off chance that somebody needed a room to stay in, we could put them downstairs. Right? But, we, but we essentially don't live down there. And we've, we've often asked, like, maybe we should downsize. And the next question is, well, what do we do with all the things? It's a weird sort of conundrum, right? We've kind of gotten there. And it is hard. I think what Comer is suggesting, the practice of simplicity and generosity, it's, it's not necessarily easy you, you have to make some decisions, whether it's a calendar, right, or activities or purchases. Like, it does require a little bit of, maybe as Jesus would say in the Gospel of John, it requires a little bit of pruning. Pruning doesn't sound fun, right, because that's the cutting away of things. But pruning for the sake of more growth. Right? 
I want to switch gears uh, this morning into this, to the fourth practice, which I think, friends, of all the practices, uh, this is the one that I would, I would guess Pastor Adam and I probably uh, come in contact with the most uh, as we kind of interact, certainly with our church family and with churches outside of our family. So at, at your table, I, I just want you to think about, do you enjoy a slow pace of life or a fast pace of life? Like some of us are fast-paced people. God's just designed us that way. So which are you? Kind of fast-paced, like you just want to go, like you have to go, right? Or are you a slow-paced person? Would you rather sort of just take it easy? Like in our home, this is always determined right around, you know, vacations. Like what do we want to do on vacation? Do we want to go on vacation or do we want to sit on vacation? Depending on who you ask in my family, the answer to that is quite different. So are you fast-paced or slow-paced? Do you enjoy a fast pace? Or do you enjoy a slow pace? If you could, would you love to live in New York City? Or would you, they couldn't pay you enough money to live in New York City, right? Which one are you? So just quickly around the table, fast or slow, and then we'll get into the details. Uh, maybe two minutes, go. All right, Here, here's what I want you to add to the conversation now. Talk a little bit about fast and slow pace. Now I want you to add the, the following question. What do you like or dislike about your current pace of life? What do you like or dislike about your current pace of life? All right, a couple more minutes, and then we'll get into this, this video. Ready? Go. All right, come on back. I know you're talking. Doing well. I'm curious, uh, how many of you were sort of like, well, I'm not really fast-paced, but I'm not really slow-paced either. I'm a middle pace. How many of you are middle pacers? How many of you rode the fence because you couldn't make a choice, right? I like the fence too. It's fun, yeah. Uh, Today, we're going to press into the practice of slowing, and this is about physicality. It's about physically slowing down. Friends, I think as we, as we get into it, uh, as I've said, I think this is, this is one place that Pastor Adam and I come in contact with lots of people who are kind of struggling here, right? That the fast pace nature of the culture in which we find ourselves uh, is not only doing damage to our souls, it is also doing damage to our bodies, and so we have, to, we have to understand at some level that when the Bible refers to a soul, it refers to more than just our spirit. And when the Bible refers to soul, it's referring to body and spirit. Because you can't separate them. Right? From a biblical perspective, they're intertwined in such a way that you can't think about them separately. If we're going to talk about our spirit, we're going to talk about our bodies. And we're going to talk about our bodies, we're going to talk about our spirits. And so there is this kind of fast-paced culture in which we find ourselves, and our bodies and our souls are having to keep up with that. So we're going we're gonna to let uh, Pastor Comer talk into these things. And so just some things to pay attention to. I've written them there for you. If you want to jot some notes, right, as it goes along, and, you know, in what ways are our bodies just as important as our souls? In what ways are our bodies just as important as our souls? And then what were the three of the focal practices that John and Mark discussed? And you'll hear those here in just a second. 
And then finally, what reasons uh, does John Mark give for our phones being a major obstacle to an unhurried life? Right? So these are, these are just places to kind of land ourselves as we dig into this. This is about 14 minutes this morning, so we'll, we'll land in here. All right, briefly at your table, what's just one thing you want to hang on to from this particular video? Something he said, maybe it was a practice, maybe it was one of the five things, maybe it was a focal point, I don't know what it is, but what's, what's something you just want to hang on to briefly? And we're going to look at a scripture in the book of James. But two minutes about what you want to hang on to from what Pastor Comer was saying. Go. All right, friends, come on back for a second. What are, what are a few of the things uh, that you want to just hang on to from what Pastor Comer said? Or, or if you've been reading along, this is chapter 10-ish, where he talks about slowing. What? We haven't brought it up, but for me, it's about control. It's about control? I'm yeah. control of what's going on. Yeah. I have a self-opposed agenda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I pr- appreciate Lloyd's honesty here this morning, right? Because qu- quite honestly, th- there is at some level, as you're saying, Lloyd, for lots of us, it's an issue of control, right? <laughs> it's the greatest opportunity to practice patience. I'm not sure it's the greatest, but it's certainly, it is certainly one of them for sure. Yeah. What, what else are you hanging on to here? Mike? Yeah. So I drive a van, and since the new law went into effect, where you're not supposed to touch your phone while you're driving, when I began, I mean, I honestly don't look at the phone or touch the phone while I'm driving my delivery van. Hmm. And when that started, that was really a change for me, because I was used to driving down the road, looking at the thing, if I had to a text, looking at it, at least yep. to see what it was, and I was just showing them. Mm-hmm. I won't look at it or respond to it. Yeah. But it really is a psychological, especially like when I got to drive from there, I have a Kalamazoo. Sure. It's just different not to be able to touch your phone. Yeah, is, isn't it interesting, Mike, to your point, isn't it interesting that we have to create a law that says you can't look at your phone while you drive? <coughs> I'm sure it's the most broken. I see it all the time, right? I see it all the time. For sure. But isn't it, I mean, we, we had to actually create a law that says that's a bad idea. Right? It's really interesting. Right? Same things. Yeah. There is, again, like, uh, we, we know, right? We know as, as followers of Jesus, we know that the world is broken. And so, so laws aren't inherently bad, right? They're actually for our good. But it is interesting the kinds of laws that come out, right? I, I just find in this particular conversation that there are laws that are, that are trying to focus us 
or help us uh, not be distracted, not be hurried, right? Not be in sort of this culture of speed. One of the things that I uh, really appreciate about what Pastor Comer is doing in this particular practice uh, is he, he's uh, giving us a practice uh, of the body, right? And again, he, he references the Hebrew word nefesh, which means we translate it most often as soul. Uh, but again, for a Hebrew, that includes the body. Like you can't separate the body and the soul, right? So nefesh, even though we, we translate it that way, uh, they, are, they are together. And it seems to me, and he didn't say this, and I don't think it's in the reading, but the, the greatest argument, I think, for caring for our bodies as it's connected to our souls, I think the greatest argument for it is, is that when Jesus came to the world, he took on a what? A body. Right? The gospel is embodied. Right? Jesus put flesh on, muscles on, right? bones on. Like That is, I mean, God came into the world that way, with a body on. And so we, ha- we have to, at some level, pay attention to the body. And this kind of practice of physically slowing down, <laughs> of, as John Ortberg says, he quotes John Ortberg, right, of, of putting yourself in a place to be patient, right? Uh, if you want to sort of practice patience, you put yourself in a place to practice patience, right? It's the, it's the same thing like you don't pray for patience, right? You shouldn't pray for patience. That's what they tell you because if you pray for patience, then what happens? God delivers opportunities for you to practice what you prayed for. Like he answers your prayers. You're welcome, right? That is how it works. Uh, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at the book of James briefly in the last few minutes that we get to share today. So the book of James chapter 5 Book of James, chapter 5. Looking at verses 7 and 8. So James, chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Now, I, I, I love the book of James, friends. I, I think James has a lot to say uh, to the church. And James... James is really writing to a community of people who in many ways uh, are resting in the salvation that they have in Christ, uh, but they're, they're not putting into practice the ways of Christ. And so so that he's, not, he's not really talking about salvation here. He's talking about what the sanctified life looks like when we live it out, right? If we are in Christ, then our life should look a certain way. And James spends uh, his time here and his words helping the church flesh that out. So here it is. This is chapter 5, verse 7. So James says, Be patient, therefore, sisters and brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. Verse 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I, I, I I love this about the scriptures in particular, both the Old and the New Testament is the examples are, are so kind of right in front of you. So if I'm writing to a, in this case, I'm writing to a community of people who are agrarian, 
uh, who in their life see the work of farmers, right? It's a, it's a beautiful picture. Look at the farmer who has to wait. I mean, you can see it when you walk up and down the road. Just, just look at the farmer. Right? They have to wait. They have to be patient for the rains ultimately that God's going to provide. So to you, be patient. It, it's almost like James is suggesting you should pray for patience. So that God can answer your prayers. I want you, over the course of this week, uh, to come back to this text. I want you to find time in this text, whether it's in the morning or the evening, or maybe it's listening to it in the car. If you have an audio Bible, that's a fun way to use your commute. Right? But I want you to come back to this text of James. And then if there's time, if there's time, I would love for you just to look at and work through Everything that's on this sheet that is review, right? This is just an opportunity to jot down some ideas, both of what we heard Pastor Comer say or what we've, uh, what we've read in his text. So anything that's under the review section here, I would love for you to look at before we come together next time. We'll talk about it next time, but if you can have that done or at least have some familiarity with it, that'll make our conversation go more quickly because I actually want to spend time in the biblical exploration. Most of what we do next week is in both the book of James and in Psalm 33. So the bulk of our time I really want to spend in the scriptures. And in order to do that, it would be lovely if you could spend some time over the course of the week familiarizing yourself with what's here in the review. And again, just jot down some ideas. What comes to your mind top ahead? I continue to be super thankful for Pastor Comer who... who who again and again and again is saying to us, like, uh, this is just an experiment. Uh, we said last time we were together, like, we, let's just give ourselves some grace right, as, we, as we try to put some of this on. Uh, we're not always going to get it right. It's not always going to work perfectly, and that's okay, right? Like we said last time, right, that, that's just compost. It's just the nutrients for what's next. Right? And I continue to appreciate that he's doing the same thing. It's just, let, let's just... Let's just try these things, you know. So just, just try getting in the longest line. <laughs> just, just see how that goes and see what happens to you. Put yourself at an appointment 10 minutes early and don't pick up your phone. That'd be a challenge for me. And just, just try it and see what happens. So friends, let me pray for us and then we'll come back next time and hit it again. Uh, good and gracious Father, I say thank you for the continued opportunity to press into the practices of Jesus as your spirit forms us in faith, as we are oriented around the words and the ways of our Savior. So for these, my sisters and brothers in faith, I pray, good Father, that you would continue to work out these good gifts in them. I pray for patience for every single person in this room. I pray for opportunities to practice that patience. Pray, Lord, that in those moments of having to practice and slow down, when we're interrupted in other ways, we'll already know how to respond. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to bless us with your presence as we leave this place, as we head either to worship or home, pray, Lord, that we would sense your presence as we walk through these practices, as we try on 
these things. And comfort us with your grace as we do. These things we pray in the precious and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.